What's your story? How you doing? My name is Justin Brown. Um, I have a company called Empower Unola. Um, I call myself a criminal justice consultant. Um, this is my story. This episode is brought to you by the Loyalty Club, one of the hottest brands out where they keep their items limited and only for the loyal few. Check us out online at theloyaltyclub.us or if you're in New Orleans area, you can check us out at our flagship store, 841 Fulton Street. You already know what time it is. Only for the loyal few club ties. Okay. So, I'm like, tell the world, actually, I'm like, where you from? So, born and raised in New Orleans East, Diamond Morrison. Um, you know, people still live there now. Uh, that's where I grew up my uh, childhood and, 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 and adulthood. Okay, we're going to jump in, you know, we're going to jump into that one early, like the East. Like, I remember when I was young, everybody wanted to go to the East. You know, the right. movie theater, everything was there. Yeah. So, like, for your knowledge, I'm like, what happened? <laughs> you said, what happened? Um, Man, you know, a lot of different things happened. Katrina happened. You know, everybody migrated to the East from, from different areas in the city. Um, I mean, it, it, it it's... They still have its parts where it's still good. You know, the whole East not bad. I mean, the whole city has its issues right now, right? Uh, but, I mean, when I grew up there, again, like you said, they had the plaza, they had, they had the movie theater, we had, you know, it was a good good area. It was middle-class housing. Now it's just a little bit different. Right. So, far as, like, growing up for yourself, um, can you tell the people a little bit, like, about yourself? Yeah, yeah, So, born and raised in New Orleans, um, went to pretty much Catholic school, the whole time uh, I went to Holy Cross High School, played basketball, was pretty, pretty good, you know, at, at it. Uh, then I decided to go to college. I was trying to figure out what college I wanted to go to to play ball. I wound up going to this JUCO in Kansas, uh, played there, bounced around a little bit. Uh, knew I wanted to get a criminal justice degree. I knew I wanted to be a police officer at that time. So just figuring out where, what branch I wanted to go to. And at the end of when I graduated with my criminal justice degree, I said, let me come back home. So came back home and uh, started being a police officer here. Started started helping my community. I always wanted to do something to help, and being a police officer was my way of doing it. Okay. And so actually, like when you was when I'm like teenager, mm -hmm. if you actually wanted to be one, I'm like police officer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So as a teenager, all growing up since I was a little okay, kid. That's unique, you know. If yeah. it was in New Orleans, people were like, I ain't gonna be no police officer. I, I want to do everything else but be that. Facts. Crazy <laughs> enough, I don't know where I got it from though. Something put a bug in me because I don't. My, I mean, my mom, my dad wasn't. My I ain't had really family that wasn't. A godfather of mine was for a little while, and I think that's what kind of stuck in my head as a kid. And it just it literally, as you know, being a little kid, saying what you want to be when you grow up. My crazy ass was saying a police officer, right. and it stuck. <laughs> so like you know. Growing up and actually having your, you know, at the early 90s and actually having one, I'm like, Godfather, one actually police. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, what was your uh, like perception of like NOPD back in the day when you was growing up? Honestly, I didn't have one. I wasn't, you know, on my block, it didn't matter. Like, even if I want to go sell, if I want to go, go that, like the home is the big home, like, nah, 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 you straight, you know, go play ball, right? Like, get your stupid ass away from here, right? So it's like, um, I didn't have that uh negative mindset of police officers because i never encountered one that that gave me that 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 perception right and because you know back in the day on like in the 90s you know if like, if like nopd had one mm -hmm. on bad rep for like dirty cops and yeah. all kind of corruption yeah. so like you know as you was joining i'm like the force did you have any um like mind frame like you know 
Hey, but I'm gonna change the way people think about NOPD and everything like that. So I, the crazy enough is I, I found out about NOPD and the corruptness in in college. Okay. When I was reading about it in books, we was talking about New Orleans. I, mind you, I was in Georgia, but I'm learning about the corruptness and everything through books and stuff um, in my criminal justice classes. So that's when I first learned about it. I'm like, damn, that's wild, and I started started figuring it out. Um, but then, then that also gave me that mindset, like, let me go help, let me go back home, and and, and I know I can help. Uh, so, left Georgia, came back home, applied to be a police officer, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> started doing it. Also, uh, actually, actually, bring us back. Mm-hmm. I mean, what year was that? And when so, we became a one, you know, an NOPD. So I became a police officer in 2012. Okay. Uh, I, I applied it actually 2010, and they had a hiring freeze at that time, so I had to wait two years. Uh, before I became a police, so I was working at Harris Casino as security at the time, um, waiting for my opportunity to be a police officer because they had to hire free. So I was the first class to graduate where it was mandatory for you to have a degree that was under surpass. And that's crazy because, like, if you would think if like NOPD would hire anybody, <laughs> right. if it's not true, it's not true. And and and, and the reason we kind of in our uh, trials and tribulations now when it comes down to manpower is because of that hiring freeze. So you got to imagine. For two years, they didn't hire nobody. So they had people leaving, right? Uh, people retiring, they had people getting fired, they had people uh, just walking up, whatever the case may be. So we lost all those officers without, without getting any new officers, and that was under Landrew. So that's that's kind of where it started with why our numbers are so short. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, actually becoming a police officer in 2000, in, on like 12? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like... I just found out that it was not that easy to actually be actually be one on a police officer on like the street as well, and because you got to have like physical training, right? Absolutely. So it's it's there's a written test first, and then it's a physical test, and then you got to do a, psych- a psychological test, and then after that you could be able, you have the interview to get in, right? So it's a it's a process to go with it that some people you know don't pass the first time, but I encourage them still like if you don't pass the first time, you know apply again, like. Everybody don't pass the first time. Because I was in Harris Casino one time, and mm-hmm. I saw that someone told hey, one of the, um, you know, all these parish, I mean, deputies, like, mm-hmm. man, if you have this job, uh, because you can't get on the street. So I didn't know, like, yeah. it was an option. I like, I just, like, yeah, yeah. I always thought it was their choice. No. But I found out that everybody can't make it on the streets. Well, well, it's, it's listen, I don't know if I can make it in a jail like that, right? I don't know if I want to be stuck in a jail literally kind of being babysitters to grown men like I, I didn't really like that 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 but some people like that some people uh thriving uh, and, and really successful on that for me i just wanted to be out and about you know i wanted to be on the streets i want to do but some people niche is the jail and they can have it you know what i'm saying but it's two different entities though right it's two different entities you don't have to isn't a lot of people that work with the sheriff department didn't even try to be NOPD. They they went straight there All right so you know 2012, going on the streets of New Orleans, <laughs> and you know, in like the early 90s, you know, if like New Orleans had went on like bad rep of actually being on like the murder on Capitol. Mm-hmm. And so like, when you first hit the streets, were you actually, I'm like scared? So, I mean, everybody's scared. I'm be honest with you. If you're doing uh, security work, NOPD, the sheriff department, at some point you're going to get some kind of fear. Fear, fear actually saved your life. If you think about it, and I can give you situations like that, but you know, getting out in 2012, like New Orleans is my home. Like I grew up here. Like I know how to talk to my people. I know kind of the struggles my people are going through for the most part, right? So, getting out in 2012, they told me 
you know, if you want to be the police, you either be uptown or you got to be in the night wall, right? That's the only two places you can go to be the to be the police, as they call it. So I went uptown, like I and 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 did good work, helped a lot of people. Um, but yeah, so so was I scared? Of course, like I mean, everybody's scared. Like I ain't gonna lie to you, I would, I would, like, I would imagine being a police officer and actually pulling someone over and like not knowing like what my friend they got. Right. So. Man, putting somebody over is a whole is a whole thing, right? Because you have to realize a lot of the shootings when 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 they shoot the police is because they think the police know something that they did. A lot of the times, it's just I pulled you over because you got a tail light out, my my dog. Like I ain't really, I ain't know you just shot your wife or whatever the case may be. So that initial interaction, and that's something that I teach the youth, like how to go about how to interact with police during a traffic stop, is important because you have to understand the mindset of both. I'm afraid, as a police officer, I'm afraid to walk up to this car because I don't know what I'm walking into. You can have a gun pointed at me, and I had stories, stories where they, I did have guns pointed at me walking up to cars, right? Um, but then as a citizen, I'm looking back like, man, they always shooting citizens, you know, across the country. They're like, they always shooting people in this. So the mindset is that the anxiety is high on both parties. So how do we get that anxiety down? To get to a place where we can both be comfortable, the police officer and a citizen in the car, and and that's something that takes a little a little time to do in that moment. Right. Well, far as me being a person on both sides of the law, Facts. I would say that if it's two different stops from being stopped by one black police officer and one like white police officer, like I even saw I even saw if like different painted um on the situations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like basically. Yeah, but a white officer, when he pulls over one, I'm like, white person, even if they got a gun or being staring, they're going to go for the taser first. <laughs> but a black man, he can pull out a pencil that looks like a knife, he's going to shoot him. Right. So, like, I'm going to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Working for Orleans, you know, and I already know that everybody who, and who actually works for, like, you know, one one on police department bleeds blue, as they say. Mm-hmm. So, did you ever experience any, I'm like, racism? So, I have not. Everybody got their thing. Right. Everybody has a certain thing that they like to do. Right. Some people like to just write traffic tickets. That wasn't my thing. Right. I, I would I'll pull you over as long as the interaction went good and you didn't curse me out. I was giving you a warning. I wasn't sure. I didn't even have a ticket book. Right. Because I, I, I didn't want to start the, the, the cycle of writing a ticket. I know you can't pay for it. Right. I'm in the hood already. So then what you're going to do, you're going to have to ride kill still to get the money to pay for it. If you don't pay for it, you're going to have a warrant out for your arrest. It's a cycle I just didn't want to start. I was going to be like me. I don't pay nothing. Just have don't pay nothing. Just have a warrant out for your arrest. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> so I, that's why I'm like, I, I ain't want to start that cycle. So everybody got their thing. Um, but, you know, did I experience racism? I didn't. I didn't. I would say, I'm trying to think of a good, a good situation I could tell you that... Um, I never experienced that. Like everybody, like walking up to a car, a, a, a black or white. You have to realize this though: who's doing the most violent crimes in the city of New Orleans? Who's doing it? At the moment, right now. At the moment, right now, who's doing the most violent crimes in the city? Maybe the teenagers. Teenagers, but it's black people, right? Right. So, if you think about it, like if I'm seeing this violence all through the city and it's black people. Some people will be afraid of that, right? To say, you know, not mind you, a white person can kill you. A white person can kill you just as quick as a black person can kill you. Trust me. I know, right? But if you look at the perception and how the media does it and everything, and, and, and New Orleans is a predominantly black city, that's what you're going to get more of. So when you have white police officers that, that maybe don't, not from here, don't understand the culture or how to, how to maneuver that, 
you might get more them being more afraid than a, a normal police officer or a black police officer, right? So it's it's we're doing it to ourselves why people think about us how we how they think about us. So I'm gonna ask this question. Mm -hmm. I don't think uh, I well, hey, but I haven't done my full research on this. Go but I'm a, and so I don't want to like jump the gun, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think? Hey, but the reaction be from one black officers like perspective when one, hey, but with one, I'm like fellow, I'm like white officer shoots one black male and actually come back. I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, and actually come back. Um, like to the no police station, like you know, and how does that relationship and like you know, That's a good and, like what that conversation is like, like you know, like man, you just you know, like in your mind, like dude probably was wrong, mm -hmm. but you don't want to tell him nothing because both of y'all bleed blue. No, it gets talked about and it gets told, right? The 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 media don't get to see that, right? The community don't get to see that. But I've been in rooms where let's say something happened nationally. Um, and a police officer, we'd be like, Lord, that boy's going to jail. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, those conversations are being had behind closed doors, but they can't talk to the public. So a lot of stuff that police officers do that hit the media, they talk about it and they'd be like, that's messed up or if it's messed up or I can see why he probably did that because of whatever the situation is based on their knowledge and experience. So those conversations definitely happen. When something wrong happened, it, it, it definitely gets looked down upon amongst the police officers. All right. So... Being one, I'm like fellow police mm -hmm. officer. How do you treat that situation once the officer if it don't get charged at all, and you still work with him, and like, hey, but you know he just committed murder. Yeah, no, it's 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 not a good work environment at all, right? It's not it's not a good place to be. Um, most likely that person's gonna get transferred out or somewhere be somewhere different than it than it originally was. Uh, but everybody knows, everybody know what he did or. or what he got away with. And that's the same thing on the street, though, right? right? A lot of people doing some violent stuff on the street, and they come right back home, right? So as community, we looking at it like, man, I know such and such just killed such and such, right? Because I was there, or I saw it, or I witnessed it, or whatever the case may be. And he back home. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's the same kind of reaction. We all looking like, damn, that's messed up. He did that, but he home. And we ain't really rocking with him, right? Because we know what he did, but he home. He beat the case. If it's still a code. It's still <laughs> but like I tell people, New Orleans is like different from every other city because we so close to each other that we the only city that if we know the victim and the killer and we're like we either and we gonna do something about it or shut up. It's a fact. Yeah. Like that's how close we are together. We gotta go to the same Walmart, we gotta still go to the same games, we gotta go to the same clubs. We are in the same area. It like two mountains will never meet, but two people in New Orleans will always always meet. I agree. Like, so, <laughs> and, and that's, the, that's the same thing with my page and what I do. Like, we all close. We, we one phone call away from knowing, I'm one phone call away from knowing everything about you. I made phone calls to find out everything about you. Right? right? So, like, um, it, that's what's different about the city. That's what's unique about the city. Even when crime is being committed, we know who's doing it. If not, listen, I, I did something yesterday where they had some choplifters. It was nothing big. But... People kept, and I showed the vehicle, the, the vehicle that they left with, they kept sending me pictures of the car all over the city. <laughs> like, is that is that we're that small? But it, it, it could be effective if we all work together. Right. Speaking of that, if I had a cousin, you actually posted him in a van or something, he's like, man, who? Hey, yeah. You know that nigga I said on? Yeah. I said, I don't know him. So you call him, you take me down and ask me. But getting to this point of, what made you actually start that page and like actually, man, in fact, no, I'm jumping the gun. 
Like, how did you decide that you didn't want to be one on that police officer no more? Yeah, so my story is a little different. So I wound up getting in trouble for taking cigarettes across state lines. That was my charge. It was a federal charge. Um, at the time, I really didn't know it was to this extent, right? I took a ride with some homies, and it was illegal. So I went to federal prison. While I was in federal prison, I came up with the whole idea of uh, empower you know the structure how I wanted it. I wrote a book to help the citizens interact with police officers I did all that while I was in jail so that's that's where it came from right I always want to ask this question to someone who uh, uh, ex-police officer went to jail like how was like how did the people treat you in jail so when I first went nobody knew right who I was right um me and my co-defendant went in there uh, mind you but I had I had family that was there already, crazy enough, right? Um, my wife at the time, cousin was there, and he was one of the big dogs there. Um, so when I went there, nobody knew. But in the feds, they get the times Union, right? So the people that's from here, so how the feds work is everybody that's from your state stick together. So when I walked in, they like, where you from home? I'm like, man, I'm from the wall. They like, oh, all right, I'm going to get your Louisiana call. That's what they called it. So boom, they called all the homies from Louisiana. They come, they talk to you. Look, where you from? Which, you know, trying to make sure you really from the city. And met the met a guy named Ross, man. Cool, cool, cool. That's one of the first people I met while I was in there. And again, going through that process, they didn't know. So once they found out, they had whispers around the yard about, you know, who I was or what I did. They all got together, unbeknownst to me, right? And they pretty much said, look, we ain't on that time. Like, I'm going I'm to judge you for who you are today, how I care of myself, um, the respect that I give to other people, you dig? And, and, and that's what it was. So from that moment when they found out, Came to me and was like, yeah, bro, we know, you know, woo woo And then now, but we ain't on that right now. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we're going to judge you for who you are. You know, crazy part while you talking, I just thought about something so crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> in jail, they will actually respect and actually treat one on the ex-cop better, and but then one on the snitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like you could I mean, be like, if you, could, if you never told on nobody, like, you know, if they got police officers, hey, but that was some real gangsters. Right, fact. So they go like, you know, if you one of them, yeah. it will tell you act so that you're not. Exactly. So so I tell everybody, like, these youth need to experience jail. I'm gonna tell you why. Because it's all about respecting jail. Right. If you if you disrespectful, if you not if you not carrying yourself well, if you stealing out the you know, you doing all that, they're gonna deal with you. Yeah, you can be held accountable. You're gonna be held accountable for sure. Right? So Going in jail and, and experiencing that as a as a police officer, it opened my eyes about and having those. Con I had plenty of conversations with the homies, of, you know, people that was in jail, because uh, I wanted to find out the mindset, right? I didn't, I wasn't out selling drugs, I wasn't out robbing, I wasn't out doing these things. So I wanted to find out the mindset, and I was able to figure that out to make empower you know what I have now, make it successful, and make it good because I have the inside mindset of some of the homies that was back there. Okay, so you know. And, 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 like, also something you say, like, hey, but a lot of kids on today, like, and the difference from my generation is, basically, hey, but when I decided to, like, jump off the porch and do something, I was always told it's consequences. You got to, you know, whatever you do, you better be ready for take the consequences. Right. These kids just play Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty and just jump out there. Nobody, like, like there's no one old enough, like, older telling them, like, man, no, you don't need to do that. Or no, you, or, no, you don't need to, like... I'm mean, disrespect that older lady right there. Like, we had some type of morals. Now, all that's going out the window. And then we also knew back then if, if we did something, we was going to be held accountable. If not by the by the street, by our parents, or by or by the court system, Correct. somebody was going to hold us accountable, right? So, it's not, that in, it's not that right now. 
these these youth have understand that they they've progressed further than a juvenile law, right? They they know how to maneuver around it. We wasn't we didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? They know what charges bring what time. They know that Google is easy, they right? You could, you could Google. They, <laughs> their partners went through it. They they understand it. So if you're dealing with somebody, like for instance, that a 13 year old committed a murder, right? 13 year old went inside the uh, the uh, the jail and said, "I'm 13. What they gonna do? They gonna charge me as a juvenile?" Cool, they're gonna charge me a juvenile. I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna get out at 21 and I'm gonna be on my way. He right. understood that before he even committed that crime. So now he's committed the crime, he in jail, he know what it is. He's like, all right, I'll be I'll be out at 21. Because they he knew that at the time our DA wasn't charging youth as adults. So they super smart, dude. Like they super right. smart and understand the law better than most. But I think that's what the difference. Right. But the crazy part is. If just losing all that time, like even if you did juvenile life, that's a still, long time. Still a long time. Without education too. Well, no, they, they, have, they have education in them. They still ain't, but they're not learning for real. Like, I mean, they just trying to beat the program to get out of well, jail. Yeah. That too. That yeah. too. That too. You know. You know. They're they supposed to have different things set up for them, right? right. They, they have to go to school. That's one of the requirements. They have different people coming in, t trying to teach them different things and trades and all this other stuff. They're trying, right? Um, but for some people, right, and I'm going to play devil's advocate against myself, some people, they're getting a meal in jail, right? right. They're living a little bit better than they was living on the street. They, they, they maybe have somebody that's a social worker or somebody that care about them that they feel like their parents didn't. So that's another flip side to some of these. I mean, some kids just don't have, like, no type of support or, like, like a real, an extinct household. None. They, some people really don't have that structure. And, you know, jail kind of gives them a little bit more structure. Unfortunately, they have to go through that system. But I talk to juveniles and, and youth, and they say, I talk to this one man, young, <laughs> this cool little young man, bro. He said he went to jail, and it saved his life, right? Because if it wasn't, jail preserved people, adults and youth. It preserved them to the fact to say, you know, if I wouldn't have been in jail, I would probably been dead. Where I was moving, how I was moving in the streets, what I was doing, jacking, whatever, whatever. Jail preserve them enough to get their mind right, sit them down. Because it's hard to sit them down when they're running. But if I can get you stationary, sit them down, it preserves them. It helps them. It, 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 I know for a fact if my child in jail, I know he ain't going to be dead. I know I know somebody ain't going to kill him. Right? So as a parent, I'm I like... I know that, though. In jail? Yeah, because, you know, it can happen in jail. Juvenile jail, it really don't happen. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it can happen in, in adult jail. I'm talking about juvenile. So if my kid is going to, going to, going to juvenile jail... I know they're safe, right? I, I, I know for the most part they're safe. I know for the most part they're eating well, you know, they're they, they, they doing all things, and, and, and they're not running me crazy. A lot of mothers, I heard mothers say, whew, man, thank, thank you, y'all got them, right? Because they was running. They had no control over them. So, so jailers could be a place to, to, to help. Well, speaking of a black man, you know, mm -hmm. just saying that, you know, that like a lot of like mothers don't have control of these black men. Mm hmm uh, be black on the young men. Do you think it? Do you think it is because of if a lot of these kids don't have no black male father figure or like you no know, if they have no male in the house to like really stand their ground and like discipline them? Because like a lot of these kids are just running, running like in and out their mom house, like doing what they want. It's a fact. I think I think black men does have a part in this. Uh, I think, but I think each kid is different. Right. Each, if you talk to 10 kids, they're probably going to give you 10 different reasons why they're doing what they're doing. It could be, I ain't have a father in the house, right? Um, a lot of 
people that didn't have fathers growing up while we was going, their coach was, right? Uh, somebody on the block was that 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 kind of held them to a higher standard. Uh, coaches, teachers, you know, um, um, different things. That was kind of that black male figure back then. Even now, they still have coaches that right. do that. But you have to be a part of a team, right? right. You have to you have to want to do at least that. And some of these kids not doing that much. Um, some some parents, some mothers, you know, can't maybe afford to put them in different things. So each kid gonna be different. And I think out of the ten kids, they'll give you a different reason of why they're doing it. And you have to dissect each reason why they're doing it and why they say they're doing it. Well, I always give you know. Every time I see someone like young, I see him. Like, thank you about going up. Or even out there doing it. Like, I tell them this. Man, we all try shit, but we all don't get away with shit. Like, if it's your one time trying something, could actually cost you your life, get you life, or you might get by and somebody might come back and get you later. I like, it's a lot of consequences that could come with that. So, you got to be ready for what you're dealing with. That's huge. Like, but people don't <laughs> tell people that. Like, like I might see a little dude going to the gas station and, like, showing his thing halfway. Course, I yeah. tell him, like, hey, bro, man, tuck that bitch in, bro. You got people, you know. Like, at least... Like, cause, cause I feel like nobody's not telling them nothing. Yeah. Somebody gotta tell them something. Hey, bro, man, I don't want you, you know, you know, cause, cause like it could be a whole argument, but also it could be a chain reaction to that too. You telling them something? What the fuck you think you is? They might try to up on you. That's a, and it happens. Right. Right. So you gotta be mindful having these conversations with these youth, cause you don't know what time they on. Mind you, they probably on drugs, right? <laughs> they probably they probably loaded out their mind. They probably so they not probably even thinking straight when you have you trying to. They ain't even hearing you for they real. They not even hearing you for real, right? And what and, and me trying to trying to chastise or me trying to uh, have this conversation with the youth, it, it could be my life. Facts. So that's the decision that the person that that want to engage in this, and I would say be safe. Whoever that is trying to engage in these, you leave it up to God. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a tough time. Like I don't know, if, it depending on who the kid is and what the situation is. If I would say something, I might just let him have it. Thanks. So finally, we get into you know coming home from jail and you started on your company. So like mm-hmm. you know, how it all when I came together. So man, I, literally just kind of what I'm doing now. I was uh. When I first came back home, I wanted to bridge the gap between police and community. That was my thing. I want to teach community their rights. I want to teach them um, how to interact with police. I want to teach them uh, uh, with some laws that they may not know about. And then I wanted to teach. I couldn't just do that. I had to go teach police about community policing, right? How if you see it, if you drive driving in the hood, roll your windows down, man. Speak to the people. Like, talk to the people. If you see an old lady bringing them groceries, stop your car, get out your car, help her with the groceries inside. If you see kids at the park and you got time, man, go play ball. I don't care, football, basketball, whatever it is. Because those are the same people that's going to save your life. Right? A lot of the times when I was a police officer, I did all those things. Um, but I might be chasing somebody and and, and he and I'm like, where he went? Talking to the same little kid that's in the neighborhood that I'm there every day. Man, where you went? They might point, give me a re- where you went, right? Or they might say, uh, the old lady that's always in the window, right? Is the same lady I helped bring the groceries in. Uh, they might have a murder that just happened and she know who did. She might she might be inclined to tell me because I helped her, right? So so I had these conversations with community, having these conversations with police is where it kind of started. So then it kind of picked up with uh, the crime. I'm like, dang, the crime picking up. What I'm going to do? What I'm going to do? I need to do something. I'm always trying to help. I'm always trying to do something. So I said, you know what? The mainstream media wasn't putting out everything. They wasn't putting out because I knew stuff that shootings and things that was going on. And I'm like, damn, the media didn't post it. Even when I was... A police officer, I get on the scene, I be there, I do my whole report, doing the whole thing, I get home, and the news got it wrong. 
I'm like, hold up. No, no, no. Let me do something. So I became that kind of media for crime. And I just told my girlfriend, I said, imagine all the stuff that I know that never get, like, never touch the news. Never and she be like, man, I'll be like, why I can't go to these? Why I can't go to I'm like, man, it's a lot of stuff that's going on that you don't see on the media that is very dangerous right now. It's like, you just got to keep your eyes open and, and move different. And you got to move different. So I started, I started doing being the media, doing the news. And then I'm like, dang, you know, we're not holding people accountable. Right? So I said, you know what? I'm going to start, I'm going to start uh, holding people accountable. I'm going to start doing that. So what I started doing was I started calling out wrong stuff that's going on in the criminal justice system. I probably had a lot of the politicians on my page. But I tell everybody, if I say something wrong, I'm, I'm man enough to correct it. But usually I'm doing my homework first. I'm talking to a lot of people to get the information so I can put out the correct information. So like putting out all this information on, you know, the DA, people in the streets. How many I'm like, threats do you think you actually get? Uh, how many? I mean, I get a few. <laughs> I get a few. I mean, yesterday I had to set the record straight. Um, shout out to Nola Ops. Um, that's who I use anytime I need, you know, security walking through the city. If I anytime I want to do something like that, but like, it comes with it. I understand that, right? I move a whole different. I teach people how to move in this city. So I had a, I made a video yesterday about some threats that was going on. And I see threats against other people in my comments, and I see threats against myself. And I tell them like. How do you think I'm able to do the things that I'm able to do, right? That have every politician on my page, have every federal agency on my page, have every local agency on my page, have every state agency. I know a lot of people, right? I've, I've been in jail, so I have friends that go that way too. So the information I get, I can find out about anybody, right? And, and, and I gave everybody a warning. I said, man, look, let's not do that because I can have somebody show up at your door. Like, but I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to do what's best for the community. I want to, you know, hold people accountable. I just want to, uh, 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 man, fight for our grandmothers that's afraid to come outside, right? Fight for our, our girlfriends and wives who, who don't want to go to the grocery store, who are afraid to get gas. That's who I'm trying to make this city safer for. Gotcha. So, you know, if you post a lot of things, so I'm going to say, um, so there was New Orleans blogger, GDP sent me, like, he actually... Everybody actually worked with this artist named um, Jay Merck. Okay. And he says that, you know, if Jay Merck made a video, and he said, I'm like, fuck Leon on a can of zero. Oh, I did. And shout out to Jason Williams, and you posted it, and it had, like, a lot of traction on there. Yeah, I do so, like, that. And so, like, actually, I'm like, what made you post that? You know, anything criminal justice is my lane, right? Anything that's going on in the criminal justice system, and some people, honestly, some people say too much, Right? A lot of stuff that I get is posted on social media. They posted it, and I'm just reposting it. So for him, for that situation, I didn't, I didn't back him in a corner to have him say all that. I just posted on a larger platform what he said, and it got a lot of traction that way. Um, but yeah, anything criminal justice, I don't talk about infrastructure. You'll never hear me talk about uh, the streets, uh, potholes. I don't talk about anything criminal justice, and and, and that is my life. It's all me. So, and so actually. I'm like, what's next for your um, company? So, man, this, 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 let me see, on the November 18th, I have a Know Your Rights event. Um, I have uh, Judge DeLarge, I have Judge Holmes, I have John Fuller. They're all coming to teach you their rights, teach the community their rights. Uh, they can get that on EmpowerYouNola.com, get your tickets. Uh, it's going to be in Algiers. So, things like that, putting on events, um, 
just anything criminal justice. Put on events, getting sponsors. I'm a nonprofit, so anybody that want to donate to this cause, uh, you know, is a, is another nonprofit in the city that's trying to do good work. So I think just growing that, right? Uh, eventually venturing out to um, different parishes. You know, once I get some funding, I can hire some staff because New Orleans is just too much, right? I can't I can't handle any other parish. I can't I can't talk about anybody else because. If I look at my phone right now, I probably got 50 DMs from people that's needing help in this city. So, man, just just growing a brand, man, just just continue to do good work in the city, continue to change the criminal justice system, which I think I have uh, in different aspects and and just growing, man, just 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 doing good work. So how do you feel um, actually about the current state of New Orleans crime right now? It's a good question. Um. I think we got a long way to go, right? Um, I'm trying to be optimistic and say we we definitely have some small victories, right? We have some small victories that we could lay our hat on. Um, today I'm posting a, a video today actually about Jason Williams' evolution, right? How Jason Williams, where he was when he first got elected and where he is now, um, and, and, and how I think where he is now is, is the betterment of the city. I think he's in a place now that we can appreciate when it comes down to certain things he said he would never do, and then now that he's doing for us. Yeah, but do you think he's actually, um, like, forced? Like because he's in that, on that certain, certain on like position right now? I, I think, no, I, no. I, I think he went against the grain initially doing what he was doing, right? I'll never try uh, a kid as an adult. That's something that he said, right? He said, I'll never use the habitual offender. Um, um, thing. And now he's doing it. Now he's doing it, right? He said, you know, about the bonds. He never said anything about bonds, right? And now he's talking about it. So this is the thing that I'm going to post on my page today that, that, that shows and what he said, literally what he said out of his mouth and then what he said now and what he's doing. So I think that's a good step. I think even at the sheriff's department, I'm, 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 real, I'm real on on the sheriff, our sheriff, and the, and the sheriff's department really hard. I am because nobody is. And they're not pointing out the things when people are getting stabbed up in jail and people are getting hurt and people overdoses and people doing things like that. And when, when, when deputies are setting up these inmates, right, it needs to be brought to light and nobody's doing it. So I, I said I would do it. Uh, but I think we've made tremendous strides, right? They, they now have a transparency thing that they're doing now where it's on the website. You can see all the incidents that happen throughout the week, at the end of the week, right? You could, so small victories, you know, people that was put in place, not in place anymore. Uh, so just it's, it's 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 changing. I think we're changing for the better. Um, are we are we near where I think we should be? Heck no, right? But I think we we're moving in the right direction for sure. Right. So you know, with that being said, like even just even just the things going on in jail, that's another thing that you know it would never touch the news. Don't touch the news. But like speaking on Jason Williams, like I just told someone last night, I mm -hmm. said, man, New Orleans is very unique. I said they robbed the DA and his mother. I never saw that before. Yeah. Like, do you think that's what made him fully like pipe down? Like, man, New Orleans got to really change. Huh? Well, I think he was changing before that. To be to be fair to him, right? I think he was changing before that because he has, he he implemented different things before that. He 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 tried kids as adults before that. He um doing habitual. He he did that before that. I think this just gave him a deep perspective, not only listening to a victim and, to, and, and, and listening to their story, but now he's the story. So, you know, being that person that is the story, it gives you a different perspective on how people was talking to you before and things that you need to do. So, yeah, I mean, I, it had some kind of part in it for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 
it just shows that anybody could get it, right? That's what it showed. It, it, I don't think they looked at him like, oh, that's Jason Williams. Let me get him. I don't think that. I think it was a crime of opportunity, which a lot of these kids are on. They're waiting for you to walk to your car. They're they riding in stolen cars, driving around, trying to see who they're going to get. And he was just a, 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 a victim at that time that was easy, right? And they did that. Do they know now? Yeah, they know now what they did. They knew who they did, I'm sure. But at the time, I don't think they knew. That's just my opinion. Just based on me looking at all the crime that's going on in the city and how they're moving and what they're doing. So, yeah, I, 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 but anybody could get it. And just speaking on the youth, like, I was just talking, like, I don't hear about too many youths going to juvenile jail and actually being, I'm like, sent off to, like, boot camp and different, you know, concentration camps and different things like that anymore. <laughs> like, and like, what you think happened? Because I, because I had friends when I was young, actually went to boot camp, actually, get, actually after getting in trouble, and actually changed their life. Right. So, like, and so, like, why do you think they don't actually send kids to, like, boot camps and, like, you know, different things like that no more? So they do. They do. They, they still have kids going to boot camp and stuff like that. Um, a lot of the times, uh, as parents, they, they want to send their kid to boot camp. You know, I'm going to send my kid to boot camp. But to send them to boot camp, you have to have some kind of involvement with the justice system. Right? I can't see a kid or have my kid that be like, I know they're doing stuff, but they've never been arrested. I can't send them to boot camp. It don't work like that. Right? But um, the judges, some judges are, are, are sending. It's not at a great number. But they do they do send some I kids to boot camp. Yeah, they, they do. Mm-hmm. Like just these brand new kids, I can't see them even in, even going to boot camp and like even paying attention to the people that's fussing in their face. They might fuss back with them. Like it's a different generation of people, and they are very outspoken. They have the internet at their hands, so they like very more, much more knowledgeable. Absolutely, they're definitely more knowledgeable now. Um, they're doing research, and when it comes down to things that they're doing, uh, the. the, the these kids are stealing cars with USB cards. And I just seen somebody had an antenna. I just posted it. Like, yeah. getting people like, these kids are really smarter That's than cool. actually their crimes. Like, they could be working at some tech companies. Absolutely. They could definitely. I mean, the antennas is just them trying to pick up your key file yeah. from in your house um, and downloading into a system and then starting your car that way, right? That's the, that's the, that's the it thing. It made me really park my car in the um, garage. You gotta park, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, so if you got a garage, you need to park in the garage. But also, something that people don't know is don't you know how we go in the house? We, you, some people have a a dish right by the door, drop the keys and stuff in, and it's near the door. Sometimes that that key fob still could connect to your car. You never really walked out to your car and see if you can get in. Sometimes you could get in if the if it's close enough. So people them going around pulling on door handles and doing stuff like that, they they just trying stuff. They just and they get lucky most of the time. Um, even breaking into cars. They're not necessarily looking for money, right? I know people that got cars broken. They, the car broke into, money was there, and but the gun was took. Yeah. They're looking for that pistol. The they're yeah. looking for that. So a lot of people say, you know what? Why they they, they looking for their gun right. most of the time? And I will speak on this because I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Everyone blames New Orleans. New Orleans breaks and caused all this. But if you go to Houston, Houston mm-hmm. or Atlanta, it's way much worse. Is it like Atlanta is very worse? Like anywhere you getting your you getting your window broke. Yeah, but, but but to your point earlier in our conversation, you said New Orleans is different. Right. It's smaller. It's, we all kind of know each other, right? Atlanta, Houston. Yeah, you don't know who. They just, they, everybody. Gets everybody. It. You know what I'm saying? Like, so a lot of times when these juveniles are arrested, it's usually such and such cousin or oh, such, yeah. you know what I'm saying, son, right? So that's why I, I don't really compare, I don't like to compare New Orleans to other cities because New Orleans is just different in itself. Our culture is different. Um how we all know each other is different. So, 
yeah, yeah, it's, that's why I, you know it's a little bit different than, than, than those bigger cities. So I always give this advice like to people that's you know working in the community and just want to see better for the youth. I think we need to open up programs for what the kids actually want to do. You know everybody won't be a rapper now. You know everybody won't be a fashion designer. Like we need to open up programs. Everybody, nobody wants to be a plumber, electrician, all that stuff they try when you know I was young. Mm-hmm. They, like you need to open up these trades for the kids. Like open up real. On that community, you know, real, uh, real on that community centers with like sewing machines and different things for to help them out because like these kids not gonna listen if you ain't put no type of money in their pocket. Like they trying to, you know, they trying to learn stuff. Yeah. I, speaking I, on the money thing, about before you yeah, say go, stuff. Go, 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 go. How you feel about you know, and how the parents felt and when like all them kids went and actually worked for one of like summer job and like actually didn't get paid. Yeah. So. And I'll start talking about the pay first and then I'll double back. Uh, that's unfortunate. Ooh, that's real unfortunate. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I don't know how they, they have more integrity than 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 adults, right? Because if you don't get paid for two, three weeks at a job, two, three, four weeks, you probably walking out, right? You probably I'm I'm done. But some of these kids stuck with it. They stuck with it, they they say, you know what, I'm gonna keep coming to work. They kept coming to work, they kept uh, 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 you know, building that tab up of what they owed, but that was unfortunate, man. That was a bad example for some of these first-time workers to 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 be in a position where they're not getting paid for 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 their work. Man, that's that's yeah. That that was a bad example for you at that point to be like, this is what the workforce is like, right? That's why it was so important that that the the, the city paid them. It was a slap in the face. It was. Because, like, you basically telling us, get off the street, stop stealing, let's stop this. And, like, just imagine me, a kid, doing bad stuff, and I'm thinking about changing my life, going to work for the city, and I look on the news, they're not even paying us. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm going to go back and do what I'm doing. I'm going to go back and do what I'm doing. And, and, yeah, that's unfortunate. I forgot the first part of your question, but, yeah, that's the, the money thing was unfortunate. Yeah, but, yeah, like, the money thing is if the million dollar question is, how do you think it could change? What, the, what 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 could change? We have so like, much you know, going on. Just from New Orleans crime, how do you think that they can like just if you could actually become the you know New Orleans? I'm like police chief. I'm like, what would you do different? Um, man, that's that's a good question. Uh, uh it's it's a it's a it's a bunch of different components, right? Um, I think being more proactive and less reactive, right? Um, some people say uh, we don't have enough police for that, right? But I I, I would think that. People riding around because we ride around all day and we see stolen cars, right? I mean, it's not hard to see the back window busted out. Is a is a bunch of the kids in the car with gloves on and masks, right? I mean, it's not hard to see. So being proactive, start pulling over these cars um, and find out who these individuals are that's riding in these stolen cars, right? But it's not just that. I can arrest all of all I want, but we have to worry about the system. If I'm arresting them and they're going to jail and then they're getting right back out the same day and they continue to do a cycle and I'm arresting them two, three, four times, then that's a problem that the police not even involved in, right? Um, it's the system. So, so you know, if, if I was somebody who had any say, um, I would definitely try to be more proactive with police. Um, I would definitely try to talk to these magistrate judges or these people setting these bonds to find out, right? And a bond is not everything. A bond is a surety of that you're going to show up to court, right? Um, but creating some kind of uh, a bond, because uh, the structure of a bond is this: if it's a hundred dollar bond, you know we can all get together and get so and so out with a hundred dollar bond, right? But if it's a twenty thousand dollar bond, ten percent is two thousand. We might not be able to do that. 
So we might have to go to our family member to say, look, we, you need some money. But that puts pressure on the person to go to court. Right? It puts the pressure to say, I don't want to, you know, revolt on a bond that my cousin put up or my mama put up or my grandmother had to put up. I'm going to go to court. Um, so changing that system, then having a conversation with the DA to find out, hey, look, uh, you know, we need you to hold these people accountable. We can't just neglectfully, because in the beginning, he neglectfully let seven, about seven, no, it's, it's 1,700 and such and such number of people that he released, right? And it's called a 701. He released them on a 701. 701 is long story short. It's just, if you don't put the, uh, uh, if you don't put, if you don't charge somebody in time, then they automatically get released, right? And that was put in place because people were sitting in jail uh, for a long time and was never charged with a crime. So I, I agree, a time frame need to be set. But, yeah, we, but that was my next question because you know, like in the early nineties, early two thousand, still, yeah. like you know, they had like a it was, it was like ninety day rule or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think sixty days, 60 or something days, like that. Days, now, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you don't if you don't charge them in time. Then they're released, right? right? Like, do you feel like just I'm gonna say I'm gonna say, I'm gonna mm -hmm. say all these. I'm not even gonna blame Jefferson Paris mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. but like, do you think like all these Paris Paris is like the easiest jail to actually get out of? Because like I used to tell people like I don't one time I went to jail in front of Harris. I'm mm -hmm. like I'll be out before two o'clock, or or like shift change. You just know you are gonna get out faster in all these. So like, do you feel like all these is like the easiest easiest place to get out of? I think our system, I think our system is not as strict as our surrounding parishes. I'll say that, right? So Jefferson Parish, St. Bernard Parish, St. Tammany Parish, right? That's that's our surrounding parishes. Uh, we are way more lenient than they are. You can get out of Jefferson Parish faster, but I don't know about St. Slamming and everybody <laughs> else. But like, Orleans, you know, Orleans really had the fast track for like a long time. I don't know if they still have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be good in my life, so I don't, I don't want to find out. You don't want to find out, right? Yeah, right. And then look, going back down that jail ain't no joke right now. Like It's like back in the, back in the day how it was. Right, uh, as far as is the stabbings and the overdoses, the drugs that's in there is is it's real. It's real right now. Listen, it's real. So that's why, uh, and I was talking to somebody yesterday. This is why I want to make it a little bit safer, right? Because we all, everybody in the city, is one allegation away from going to jail. The most upstanding person in the city is one allegation from going to jail. Drinking and driving, right? You one accident away from going to jail. So why not? As we in the outside, why not make it better for the people that's in the inside? Because you know what? One day you might be there. Thanks. I might be there. So yeah. that's that's make it better. Anyone could be there. Anybody could be there. Like, yeah, New Orleans, it's like, it don't shock me no more who could go to jail. Like, yeah, it, it could be it could be the top of the top. Top of the top. Yeah, go to jail. An accident, a, 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 you know, an allegation. A, a, I was right at a club and he touched me. Yeah, the right allegation. I sent you to jail. It's over with. Gotcha. So... <laughs> Do you think that we have, um, like enough? I'm um, like police officers. Like no, 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 no. Definitely not. We, 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 we. I think we're at seven, eight hundred officers right now. We need to be at about fifteen hundred. Um. So we half down for the most part. So I mean, they doing all they could do. You know, they could do what they could do. You know, people call nine one one. You know, and and expect them to get that quick. But if five people call nine one one at the same time and they already on five different calls, somebody gotta wait. I and I'm glad you just said that because I just saw someone on the news about mm -hmm. the 911 call. How if they could actually, I'm like, avoided certain, 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 I'm like, domestic violence situations. Mm -hmm. if, but they, if they kind of put it, I'm like, to the, I'm like, back burner, like, they kind of 
Yeah. I mean, dumbed it down or something. Yeah. So, uh, uh, every emergency call comes out on a code too. If it's an emergency call, right? We talking about, uh, uh, you know, like robberies or accident with injury or uh, uh, different things like that. Why it's immediate? Um, it, it's a code two priority call, what they call it. Um, if you are somebody robbed, I mean, not somebody, somebody burglarized your home, you get home, your house is ransacked, and you call the police. That's not an immediate threat right now. They're going to ask you certain questions. Somebody's still on scene. It's, you know, are you safe? Yeah, I'm safe. All right, cool. That's a cool one call. They're going to dumb that down. They're going to drop that down to a cool one call. And when we get somebody clear, then they'll send somebody over there, right? A regular accident. An accident without injury, right, is a cool one call. I hit your bumper. We had a rear end. We sitting out there. We waiting for a police report. So most of the times, if you're sitting waiting for a police report, it's a cold one call. So domestic. So domestic calls. What they was doing was, let's say, uh, a husband was fighting his wife. Right? Fighting. They had a fight. That's a cold two priority call. They call and they say they ask the wife questions and say, hey, um, is he still there? No, he's gone. Right? Uh, is he coming back? No, he's not coming back. Right? Uh, so it's no threat at that time. They're going to make that a cool one call. So that's kind of how it works when they trying to dumb down calls as people would say, that's what they're doing. They're analyzing if we need to get somebody there right now, is it an immediate threat or do we need to wait and, and do we have enough time? And like, do you think even that call, if they should transfer it um, to one um, like police officer to like kind of get a little more information for the heavy documented because like, it's getting real bad for the domestic violence. So like, I think like, I don't think it could, like, actually I mean, fully be avoided, but, like, if a little more information, it, it could actually be placed. Right. So, so, so usually on a 911 call, they have a list of questions that they ask to okay. get that. But let's say it's still a code 2 call, right? Let's, let's say it's code 2 call, and it comes through the dispatch. So, I don't know if you know how, know how it works. So, 911 get a call. You call 911. It goes to a dispatcher. Dispatch is the one that actually dispatches it to the police. So it might come over the radio saying, look, we got a uh, domestic situation going on. The supervisor is the only one that could dumb the call down, drop the call down to a lower call. They get on the radio and they say, hey, ma'am, all right, um, we have a domestic call that's at, at 123 Canal Street. What do you got? And they say, look, we have this, 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 and this is going on. All right, look, take that call and put it to a one. Right? He has that power or she has that power as a supervisor to do that. And they do... Um, sometimes ask those questions to figure out what's going on to dumb it down. But sometimes it comes straight in as a cold one call. And then it's just a cold one call. Gotcha. <laughs> hey, so I got two more questions yep. for your own. You know, I tell people like, New Orleans is not normal. So I'm stuck with that. Like, you know, in like small towns like Nebraska and Kansas, like they have like maybe one or zero. Like even Austin, they got like very low crime. Mm -hmm. Do you think New Orleans will ever become... Like a city with like low crime would be safe. Man, listen, in 2019, we had, it was the it was the lowest we ever had in a long decades. Right in 2019, um, last year was the highest in 2022. It was the highest crime we had in in, in, in decades. Um, I think I think our city, man. I think we need to come together. We we're not all together now because people still be fighting with me on my page, right? You know what I mean, so I know we're not together. I know we're not seeing eye to eye. We all different have we all different have different perspectives when it comes down to this. But will it ever ever be like a Kansas? Probably not, right? Probably not. I lived in Kansas. Probably not. Uh, that was my first college I went to. Um, but I think we get it better. I think we can get it safer. I think we could. 
you know, they were saying crime is down right now from last year, which it is, but incarceration is up. So when I looked at that, I said, okay, crime is down and incarceration is up. Maybe we got the right people, right? Maybe we got the people incarcerated that needs to be the ones that, that are habitual offenders, the ones that keep, you know, making our city unsafe. Maybe we got the right one. So, you know, working again, working with the system, because if one part of the system break is over with. So working with the system, I think we could definitely make it better than what it is now. And, and, and we could be able to leave our houses a little bit and, 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 and don't feel like we're going to get knocked over the head as we walking out our door. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, do you think it's something on like in the water here? In the water? No. I, I, I think people act like, like, like it's I, always the people just like it's something in the water. No, nah, I don't think it's in the water. I think I think our mindset is different. You know, I think our, our our culture is different, right? We don't have gangs in the city, right? We don't have gangs. We have we have cliques. We got we got groups of in the, of individuals. We got neighborhoods that get together. We don't have gangs because everybody want to be a top dog. We have we have best friends knocking off best friends to be that top dog. And, but it's been like that, right? This ain't nothing new. Right, you 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 literally watching over your shoulder for your best friend. In other cities, they have a leader. Correct. We don't have that. Everybody a leader. Everybody the top dog here. So I think our culture and how we grew up and 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 and, and what we seen around us make us how we are. That's why I don't compare us to Houston. I don't compare us to Atlanta or Chicago. Like we different and we raised different. Our culture different. We 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 raised to be that that dog. Um, and, 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 and so I, I think that's, I don't think it's an award. I just think our culture, you know, e even in business, right? I mean, we have dogs that's business owners, right? We have dogs that's, that's nurses. We have dogs that's, that, that didn't use it for the bad, but they used it for the good and they top in their class, right? So like, you know, anywhere we go across the world, they know we from New Orleans, right? It don't matter how we talk, how, how we what what we do. They know we from New Orleans. They want us to say, "Baby," they want us to say these things that they love our culture, they love what we do. Um, so we leaders and we dogs everywhere we go. So that's that's I think that's what it is more than the wall. <laughs> and actually, with that being said, like I tell people, I always tell tourists, like New Orleans is actually safe for you as long as you stay in your stay in your lane. Like in New Orleans, I tell people, we kill each other. Mm -hmm. Like the people, like nine out of ten, the person gonna kill you, somebody you grew up with. Like, 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 if the person who, who, like, knows the most about you, how you move, and, like, I tell people, like, every day, I don't respect a person who kill their friend. Like, that's, that's, like, the worst thing ever. Like, it's easy to kill your friend. You, he, he, he allowed him to sleep outside you. Right. Like, he probably turn his back, he trusts you. Like, that's, like, that's the fakest shit ever. But, like, in this city, it's, like, a known thing. Like, you know, 9 out of 10, the person who's going to kill you is the person who knows you. So, so, and, and all that you said, basically you said it's not random. Right. right, it's not never like, random. It's 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 for the most part, right? For the sometimes most part, sometimes it can be random. Though. Sometimes it can be random. That's why I say it for the most part, right? Uh, uh, even with these carjacks and stuff like that, that's random, right? right. But we talking about like me running on you, shooting you, killing. Is is that's usually not random. random unless unless you're downtown or something like that, and they just shooting, right? Um, shooting on Bourbon Street, shooting the shooting accidents. in neighborhoods, right? They have accidents for sure that happen, um, but for the most part. It's not random the stuff that's going on. Like you said, domestic is is up right now, right? So these young ladies that's that's being murdered is 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 boyfriends or it's, it's husbands and and things like that, right? Or it's ex boyfriends. Um, it's it's 
is is not really random. These shootings on the interstate, for the most part, they're not random, right? We have road rage incidents that go on, right? We have uh, uh, fender benders and things that happen, or me blowing at you and you, you get mad, you up on me, stuff like that, right? We do have that. But for the most part, they're not random. It's them catching the ops on the interstate, right? That's that's pretty, oh, I, that's, I'm, I'm, it's, it's on site anywhere we are in, in the interstate. It's, a, it's was, uh, knock on wood, was, one of the spots that they was doing that we, we I caught the Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> but they, they, that's what they grew up on. Right. Um, even after Jason Williams, they robbed Jason Williams. Then thirty minutes later, went robbed somebody else, called Jack somebody else. That's that's Grand Theft Auto at its finest, right? So it, I I think I think that's what you know. I think that's what we dealing with. But you know, I'm hopeful, man. I, I think I think we we turning that corner right now. Are we going to the positive now? We're going to the positive now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, last but not least, tell the world. I'm like, what can he find you at on social media and on, um, you know, everywhere else? Yeah, man. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, my website, everything is Empower You Nola. Um, my email address is Empower You Nola at Gmail. Um, again, I have an event on the 18th of this month. Get your tickets, man. This is a one of kind, of kind event that nobody don't do for the, our city. The top criminal justice. Uh, the system, the people that run the system, the people that own it, they will be here to teach you your rights. Get your tickets today at EmpowerYouNola.com or go to Instagram um, and the link is in the bio. All right, we done. I appreciate you, bro. No problem.